0: it's have you got used to saying it it's 2024 have you got used to have you got used to it yet 2024 it's it's kind of where did how did that happen i mean it was it was the millennium year just five minutes ago you, you know and here we are in 2024 um at the uh, the transition from christmas into new year it can be a bit painful can't it yeah if after being sort of virtually horizontal or whatever over Christmas and and relaxing and enjoying, suddenly you're in a new year and uh, everything is, you know, school started, term started, everything gets moving again. It can be a bit of a tough time. Anyone recognize that? It can be a bit challenging, right? Navigating your way into a new yeah, I want to speak about that this morning. Well, I, I think God's already speaking to us. I want to try and help us navigate into a new year because it can be overwhelming. You know, it's it, it's actually quite well known as a time of year actually when sort of mental health challenges are, are most prevalent because it's, it's dark, Christmas, the expectations, and blah, blah, and into a new year. Well, I want to help us navigate life coming into a new year. Well, it's great we're doing the, week, the the month of prayer. So glad you're, you're up for that. We had a great time yesterday morning. If you weren't there yesterday morning, hey, next Saturday morning we're going to be there. Coffee shop, 8 o'clock. There's coffee there, one hour. Come and pray. They're wonderful times. Please come and join us in the coffee shop Saturday mornings all through the month. I hope you're really getting into this. Hey, we need to be praying, don't we, for our nation for the world have you spotted that it's 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 challenging out there right you know on the the, the, the big the, the, the panorama of, of, of the world you look across the nations it, it it's it's a turbulent time it's a potentially fearful time for lots of people right maybe you feel something of that the news pops up and you see things you hear about the thousands that have that have, that have died that are suffering out in uh, Israel, Gaza, and so on, and still Ukraine and all the rest of it, and closer to home, it, it, it's a fearful time. It's a challenging time. I want to help you? Help us navigate well going into a new year. Okay, that's what I want to try and do for us this morning. And um, I'm going to read. I'm going to read quite a long scripture. I, I make no apology for that. I'm going to read one of the most profound wonderful chapters in scripture I, i'm going to re- it's already been referred to this morning i i'm scripted unrehearsed i'm going to read quite a long reading and I, I i i want i want us to be saying holy spirit please would you speak even through the reading of of the word is that okay i'm going to read quite a long passage from romans chapter eight okay i'm in romans chapter i haven't got powerpoint this morning um don't always need it do you no, you've got Bibles, haven't you? Of course you have. Lovely. Okay, here we go. So let's... Lord, I thank you that your word is alive. It's more than print on a page. It's, it's breathed. It's bre- what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that all the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who don't live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh, they have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit, they have their minds set on on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is dead. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh can't please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you're in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death and is falling apart a bit because of sin, the Spirit gives life. Because of the right, because of righteousness, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body, because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. It's not to live. To, it's not to the flesh to live according to that. Because if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the children of God. And the Spirit you received doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you've received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. And if we're God's children, we're his heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. And I consider that our present sufferings, they're not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us for creation waits in eager expectation for the children of god to be revealed jb phillips the whole of creation is on tiptoe to see the wonderful sight of the children of god coming into view the creation was subject to frustration not by its own choice by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. For our adoption to sonship, the resurrection, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen isn't hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we don't yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us, through, um, okay, wordless groans. I'll speak about that later. He who searches our hearts knows the minds of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him who've been called according to his purpose, for those that God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. So what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Wow. What what a chapter. What a chapter. And I want to speak a little bit about navigating life well. Going into the new year, we're preaching actually through this month about prayer, and I'm going to be speaking about prayer, but I want to sort of build up to that in what I say this morning. And um, I basically want to speak about our helper. That's my theme this morning. I want to speak about our helper. I don't know about you, I know I need help. Anyone else know they need help in living for the glory of God? I want to speak about our helper. So, Christmas, we've just I hope that Christmas, Christmas is gone now, is that right? Are they, are they gone? Are they put away? Are they still around? It's, it's gone, okay? Christmas is gone. Now, Christmas, of course, God came. God came. The angels declared it. God came in Christ. He came among us. And at his ascension, Jesus promised that he would come again. You know that. He's coming again, okay? He came and he is coming. The Christian life is lived in between, all right? That's where we're living. We're living in the in-between. He came, he's coming again. The second is as clear as the first. He's, we're living in the in-between. And it's not always easy living in the in-between. It's a dark world out there, Right? And we need to understand how we're to navigate living in the in between. There's all kinds of uh, potential challenges and fears, as I said earlier on. Uh, just looking at your newspapers, it could well be that you uh, feel fearful. You might feel, I can't watch it. It's just, I want to say this morning, we don't need to be like those. Outside of Christ, who don't know the law. We don't have to be fearful like the world around us. In fact, we shouldn't be. It should be part of our testimony, our witness, that we're different. I want to help us navigate well going into the future, which is fearful and uncertain. Personally, you may well have various things that are stacking up against you, or you think, oh my goodness, how on earth am I going to get through that? I want to address that too, okay? We're living in this... In between we have a wonderful future I want you to know that we have a, a wonderful future but the in-between is a bit challenging okay and that's where we are living our lives we're called to be different we're called to live differently we're called to go into this year as a, a witness to the fact that we have got the most treasured possession on the planet we're called to live differently. Wherever you're living, your 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 home, your family, your street, where you work, where you study, we're called to live differently. Not to be to come under the fears and uncertainties and craziness of the world around us. Okay? So I've got three points. Why we need help. I've kind of already talked about that. Then I'm gonna speak about our helper and how that helper helps us. Okay. So why we need help? Well, I think I've already been addressing that. The world is in a turbulent place right now, okay? It is. It's in a turbulent, fearful place. And we read there, verse 22, all of creation is groaning. Okay? All of verse chapter, verse. we know the whole creation groaning as in the pains of childbirth to the present time. Now, I want you to look at that verse. Look at that verse carefully. Look at it. What does it say? The whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth. It's not death pangs, it's childbirth. It's not death pangs. You see, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and he's the end and he's got everything in between under his control. It's. Folks, when you look across the world and see the the turbulence and the fear and all the rest of it, remind yourself of this first. It's birth pangs. One of these days, let me read from Revelation, the end of the story, the end of redemption history. All things new, Revelation 20, he who is seated on the throne, behold, I am making, doesn't say I will make, I am making all things new. Write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I started it all. I'm going to finish it all. And I've got everything else in between under, under my hand. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. I'm going to say more about the thirsty in a moment. Do you hear that? I re- please get hold of this. Don't go into this year fearful. Please. The enemy wants to do that. He wants to make you fearful. We have access to the peace of God that passes all understanding. It's not the peace of mind over matter. I'm going to try very hard. No, it's the peace of God. It's supernatural. You, as a child, daughter of God, have access to the peace of God that passes all understanding. And I think you need it. I know I do. Daily, I need it. Okay? And so it's, 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 it's not death pangs you see in the world around us. It's birth pangs one of these days all things made new I don't know quite how it's gonna happen it's gonna be cosmic read the Chronicles of Narnia the last battle that might help you a little bit okay. hey all things new okay Birth pangs. You see, this is precious. This is wonderful. The gospel and Paul's writing to these Christians in Rome. They're at this this really important city, kind of lots of things going on. He wants them to live well for the glory of God. It's turbulent. There's persecution starting. Uh, You know, there's there's people getting put to death for their faith. It's really tough, and he wants them to live for the glory of God. And in chapter one, he says, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel." Because it's the power of God to save people's lives for eternity. I'm not going to keep quiet about it. I'm not ashamed. He wanted them to go into, into their year with a confidence about the good news that has changed their lives. I want that for us too. Don't you? I'm not ashamed. And so he, he paints this wonderful picture. And he, he in Romans... Uh, I'm not trying to preach through Romans today. It took Martin Lord Jones about five years, um, it, it, but he, he 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 wants them to know, and he talks about this. He he paints the picture of the world's going that way, and it's di- it's horrible. It's disastrous. If you go that way, it'll it'll wreck you. But there's another way. And that's what that. uh, When we get to chapter 12, he 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 really he gives us some bullet points. You know, chapter 12, um, he says, you know, understand the present time. Uh, It's time for you to wake up. Uh, uh, You know, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies. He's urging them. I want you to to love one another and 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 make. he, He says bullet point things, but he doesn't make all that appeal. Before he gives you chapter eight and speaks about the magnificent provision that's been made for you and me. So that chapter 1, this gospel amazing needs to get to the world. Chapter 12, get it out there. Chapter 8, this wonderful life in the spirit. Did you see that? It's absolutely beautiful. It is wonderful. Newness is on its way, and it's beginning in us, you're a new creation. I often burst out in that song. I love that old, old song. Um, Dave Bilbro. I am a new creation. No more in condemnation. How many of you know that one? Should we sing it now? <laughs> we might. I'm a new creation. It's, well, it's great, you, especially when you feel rubbish. I'm a new creation. No more in condemnation. Here in the grace of God I stand. It's a great song. Okay. So this is what Paul is trying. He wants them to, to live well, but he wants to give them he he wants to help them. So I've given the sense of need. Let's talk about, uh, let's go, let's go a bit further. Um, you and I, we both recognize we need help. We do. We we need help. We often feel weak. Do you often feel weak? Do you often feel overwhelmed? We, of course we do. So we need help. Paul knew that he needed help, okay? That's the Christ, where, that's, that's where the Christian life begins. Yeah? That's how you became a Christian. That's how he his life changed. That's how he became a Christian. He, he, he realized he needed help. He had a, a Damascus Road moment. Where it just... You know, God... I, he, he, just didn't, he didn't know the full story at that point, but he had, a, he had a, a... God was on his case. Maybe God's on your case this morning, and you don't quite know what it's all about, but you know you need help. That's where the Christian life begins, when you say, my life, it, it's, it's a pickle, it's a mess. I need help. This is where the Christian life begins, on our knees. Jesus, I, I don't understand it. But you came... You came because you, you, you love the world. You came because you care about me. You went to the cross to take away all the sin and grot in my life so that I could have a new start. I could be born again and be a new creation. That's where the Christian life starts. You need help. And if you've never bent the knee, you can do it today going into a new year. You, you can. Please, the prayer room we open afterwards. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never bent the knee, you've never had your Damascus Road. Let it be this morning. Oh Lord Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I need you. Yeah. So we knew we knew we need help. Well, let's get on to the helper because that's a good bit isn't it. <laughs> we got this magnificent help. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I couldn't help going to Psalm, eight, Psalm 18 on this. You remember Psalm 18 where David he says this, you know, he says, uh, he says I, I call to the Lord. I call to the Lord. The, the cause of death, I thought I was dying. The torrents overwhelm me, cause of the grave curled around me. In my distress, I call to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. And then you read what happens. It's mate. The earth trembled and quaked, and smoke rose. The earth shook. God came. <laughs> this this is magnificent. You know, you just God broke into his life in a spectacular way. He'll do the same for you. He'll do the same for you. We've got a helper, but hey, come to the New Testament, and the help's not just out there. The help's come close. The help, of course, it must have been really great walking with Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. But the help has come even closer for you and for me. Jesus, John chapter 14, he said to the disciples, Hey chaps, I'm going away, but I'm not leaving you. I'm going to send you another comforter to help you. That's what it says. I'm going to send a comforter to help you, and he's going to be with you forever, 24-7. There's a helper who wants to help you 24-7, whatever's going on in your life or the world around you. God's provision for you to navigate 2024 is help from heaven. That's another song, but I won't sing it. This is magnificent. Help from heaven for you 24 7 whatever you're facing I'm going to send another another comforter and he's going to help you and he's going to be with you forever the comforter the Holy Spirit are you getting the message oh I need help there's help this is how the Christian life is lived this is how we walk the walk because we're we're, we're we're weak we're weak Treasure in clay pots. My pot is very clayey, but I've got a wonderful treasure in my pot. I hope you have too. Yeah? Do you understand? This is magnificent. This is our helper. The, the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Leon Morris, a one, one writer, he says this. He says, uh, The Spirit helps us. He shows us, Paul shows us that he doesn't set himself on some pedestal. He too needs the Spirit's help. Paul, superstar. Okay, he said, we should notice further that Paul doesn't say that the Spirit removes our weaknesses. It's still there, our weakness. And we live out our whole Christian life in conditions of weakness. (coughs) What the Spirit does is help and give us the aid we need to see us through. Weakness is not a sin, nor is it suffering. Paul is simply referring to the fact that we who are Christians are not spiritual giants we would maybe like to be and sometimes think we are. We're weak and left to ourselves. We'll be in trouble. But we have a very present and mighty helper. Left to yourself, you'll be in trouble going into 2024. Okay? But you've got an ever-present help in trouble. And we need to learn to lean, lean hard on the everlasting arms. There's another song there we need to know to lean okay so how does the Holy Spirit help us well the first thing I see in this chapter this is beautiful verse 15 he assures us of who we belong to he assures us verse 15 have a look here verse 15 the Spirit that we receive doesn't make us slaves so we live in fear. The spirit you receive brought about your adoption and by him we cry Abba Father. The spirit testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. Oh, what a lovely thing. Assurance when you're feeling rubbish and weak and God's forgotten you. Assurance. Another song there. Sorry, I must stop that. Assurance. Assurance is what a wonderful thing, you know. No matter what's going on around you, to, to know, you know, that I'm a child of God. I, oh, Martin Luther, on this in, in Galatians, where he speaks about about um, the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba. He says, such a tiny little word, but it saith so much that I am His and He cares about me. The Spirit of adoption. This is what the Holy Spirit. Do you need some of that? How, what, where are you in terms of your assurance? Are you feeling neglected on your own? For, hey, well, maybe you just need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption that cries out to help you cry out, Abba, Father, I'm yours. That's how the Spirit helps us. That's one of the first things I see in this passage. Assures us. The second thing he does he does, is gives us a taste of our wonderful future. Verse 23. What does it say in verse 23? Have a little look there. We ourselves, who have the, the first fruits of the Spirit, we've got a touch of heaven in our lives. The Holy Spirit. One writer, uh, he's got another word for it. He came up with another name for the Holy Spirit. God's empowering presence. Oh, I've got God's empowering presence in me, and so have you. How about that? God's empowering presence in my life. Well, the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait. So the, the, first, the first thing is that assurance. The second thing is a, a taste, a taste of what it means to, to, to know the presence of the Lord. Because one day... We're going to know it completely, but you've got a taste now. So the Holy Spirit gives you a taste, a joy, a joy on the journey, if you like. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Do you need some joy on the journey? Maybe you need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit does, these wonderful things. They're giving us a taste. And then um, the next one, and i would spend a little bit of time on this, by helping us to pray. Anyone found it a bit tricky praying this week? Oh, don't be afraid. Of course you have. Yeah, right, I'm going to go for this. It's, it's a bit, well, you've got an enemy. The enemy knows that, that, that prayer is powerful and he wants to stop you. Of course you find it challenging to pray. Yeah? But the Holy Spirit helped. I'm so glad about that. The Holy Spirit helps you to pray. Folks, prayer is a fundamental, important part of, of the Christian life, walking with Jesus. It is. It's, 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 You can't have a relationship without talking to someone. It's fundamentally important. Your prayer life's important. This, That's why we've got this month of prayer. Please come Saturday morning. You might feel like a rubbish prayer. Come and join us. We're all like that. But we've got the Holy Spirit to help us. Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. Okay. Let me give you some quotes about prayer. Uh, Pastor Agu, you know, the uh, biggest church in the UK, in London, uh, Pastor Agu, in North London, I think it's about, oh, it's a big, big, big church, anyway, um, and uh, he, he says this, Our prayer life is the crucible of our relationship with God. Everything comes out of that. A crucible is a, you know, it's a, it's a pot, well, I'm not a scientist, but it's a pot that you, you heat up with some stuff in it, and as it gets heated up, you get a new substance forming. And your prayer life is where something beautiful is being birthed. And it's, it's, so it's so your prayer life is a crucible, okay, of our relationship with God. Martin Luther, here's another one. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. There you go. I like this. I don't know who said this one first, but how about this one? Prayer is the key of the morning and the bolt of the evening. I like that. In other words, the key of the morning, Lord, I want to open up the future to you. I want to walk with you today. At the end of the day, I'm going to bolt the door to fears. I'm not going to lie awake worrying about stuff. Lord, I commit them to you. Shut the door. Sleep. Sleep. Good quote is isn't it? Do you like that one? Henri Nguyen, here you go. Prayer is the most concrete way to make our home in God. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Have you got the idea? Well, don't be surprised if you find it hard to pray. But you've got a helper. And the Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us. That's what he's saying here. And that phrase about the groans too um, too deep to be uttered, um, let me read what Douglas Moose says about that. He says this, when we use this verb, it's only used here in the Bible, only this, this once, it generally means speaking to oneself. The phrase therefore probably doesn't mean whether such groanings are expressed or not, but that it's not expressed in the context of others. Very much like tongue speaking in one Corinthians fourteen, it probably doesn't so much mean without sounds, but to ourselves inarticulate, <laughs> to ourselves and God. Beautiful prayer. Now I just want to say a little bit. I'm going to close soon, but I want to say this. Um, I, I I became a Christian in my um, mid late teens. I went for a Billy Graham uh, crusade in London in the 1960s it was a while ago and, and, and I gave my life to Jesus I became a Christian it was, I brought up in a Christian home I'm grateful to God my parents uh, knew and loved the Lord and I, so I became a Christian then back in the 60s but some years later I was baptised in the Holy Spirit I, went to, I, I, went, to, I came, went to a church where they spoke about the Holy Spirit and this wonderful the wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit have been given to the church that Jesus wants His church to, to know and enjoy, and and I saw joy, and I I saw boldness, and I saw I saw assurance in people's hearts and lives that I didn't have. I, I was a yes, I was a Christian, but I knew I I was I was thirsty, and, and I, I just got I got hungry and thirsty, and I I just I just kept going back and and. Asking people to pray for me. I, I, I wanted more of the Lord in my life. And I, I, I remember so clearly being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It it was life changing for me. I'm a very shy chap, really. And uh, just, yeah, as, as, as I remember, you know, I, I was quite, I know, before I'd been filled with, filled with the Spirit, I was quite, um, I. Uh, I I just didn't have much courage to speak about the Lord. I was a bit ashamed of being a Christian. And then I was baptised in the Holy Spirit. And I just knew the joy of the Lord in my life. It it changed me. Now, you go on being filled with the Holy Spirit, because I want more and more of the Holy Spirit in my life. Back in those days, there was quite a price to be paid because generally evangelicals kind of poo-pooed this whole thing of tongues. It was a a price to be paid. Now it's so kind of common, we perhaps don't recognise the significance enough. It's precious. It's precious being baptised in the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm not going to spend a long time... Thinking about this, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, I've got an article here by Terry Vogler. He wrote it a long time ago. It's called, Is Anyone Thirsty? Because you see, the only qualification for being filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit is not that you're a superstar. Actually, it's that you're not a superstar, but that you're thirsty. You, uh, uh, Roman um, uh, John chapter 7, which, 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 on the last day of the feast, Jesus says, whoever is Thirsty, come to me. Out of his innermost being, will flow forth rivers of living water. Now I'm going to post that around to all the life group leaders to make sure you've all got that. I want to ask you to put it around your group. Talk about this. It's beautiful. Just talk through the whole, the whole wonderful subject of being filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, full of biblical truth and practical encouragement. I'm going to send that around. Please do in your life groups. Talk, pray enjoy that wonderful article, because I want us to go into this next year with all of heaven's help that God has for you. All of heaven's help. I'm so grateful to God for the life of the Spirit. In fact, let me just say a little bit, I want to say a tiny little bit here about, I've used the word, the gift of tongues. Now, that word, it's kind of conjures up all kinds of things that people say. It's not... It's a weird word, isn't it, really? And Jack Hayford, who, he who wrote that... I love songs. What, have you noticed He who wrote Majesty. He, he wrote that song, Majesty. He, 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 uh, he's written a little book about this. And, and he coined, instead of using the phrase, the gift of speaking in tongues, he coined a different phrase. And he, put, he, he came up with beautiful spiritual prayer language. Because that's what it is. Beautiful... Spiritual prayer language. And he wrote this, to remove fears and dissolve stereotypes and to help Christians realize the beauty and benefit of something absolutely beautiful in our communication with God. That's what it is. That's what I want you to know. That's what Paul says, I'm so glad. I I use this gift more than any of you. I love it. And he, said, and he also said, he who does this, who uses this beautiful spiritual prayer language, they build themselves up. They build themselves up. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You getting the idea? Band, would you come up? Would you come up? I'd like you to come up now. Dear, dear church, as we go into a new year, I want us to be equipped the way that the Lord Jesus intends us to be equipped as we go into a fearful, uncertain world. We go as the bearers of the best news on the planet, but also with the wonderful empowering of heaven in our lives. To help us do the thing that god has called us to do we want to be we need to be filled to overflowing with the holy spirit the beautiful gifts of the spirit at work in the church we're going to sing a song now that i i we're going to you, you may not know it. you soon will and i wanted to make this our prayer oh, i can't remember what it was now what what was it tim I do love the bands. I do love our musicians. I really. What a wonderful song earlier. What was that other song earlier on? We'll stick with this one. But what was that wonderful song earlier on? A Wren collection song. What? What, what was it? Boldly I approach. Oh, what a song! Got to go back to that one at some point. But but what are we singing now? I can't remember.